Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. It's a new year on the podcast, and I'd like to introduce you to some changes that we're making to the show. We're excited to introduce our partnership program. This will allow us to showcase more of the leaders, innovators, and organizations who are at the forefront of the economic transformation happening in our city and our province. Take a few minutes and be curious. Visit their websites, check them out on social media, and most importantly, get involved where you can. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Copysmith. Copysmith is this incredibly cool Alberta-based company that got on my radar about three, four months ago. What they do is they use cutting-edge AI technology to help you with your copywriting. That can be ads, it can be you know product descriptions, it can be emails, social media posts, even blog copy. And I know recently they just added a feature to help you with your landing page copy. So this isn't just for marketers. This is for anyone where copywriting comes up on a daily basis, which for many of us is frequently and also can be a bit intimidating. If you're not a writer, but yet it's something we have to do and we have to do well to get our messages across. Having a tool like this really helps you get that first draft, gets you started, gets you 80, 90% of the way there. It really drops the intimidation factor and gets things rolling. So if you're curious to learn more and you want to take technology out of this cool realm of something you heard about to actually a practical use case, check out Copysmith. Their platform is, like I said, I've been using it for about three, four months personally, and it has been beneficial on multiple occasions. So copysmith.ai and use the promo code collision for 30% off any of their plans for the first three months. A warm collisions YYC. Welcome to uh, Mr. Casey, Casey Couture. How are you, Casey? I'm doing well. Thanks, Tyler. It's good to chat with you, man. You and I have, uh, you know, we've, we, we've crossed paths before and obviously pre-COVID, we, we have got to sit down and have a beer together. And man, I haven't probably talked to you for a year, year and a half. So it's really good to reconnect and love what you guys are doing over at Virtuo. So let's start, let's level the playing field. We're in an elevator. We got a couple, we, we got a couple floors to go. Give us a quick little pitch. What's, uh, what's Virtuo all about? And then we'll uh, unpack the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's a good question. So at, at, at a high level, so it's a, a tech-enabled concierge company. And so we're transforming the um, pains of home ownership and uh, into first-class experiences. And so, you know, I think we can all agree buying a home is is one of the most exciting purchases of our lives. Um, you know, fresh start, more space, very aspirational. And then those feelings just quickly disappear, as we all know, when we start to think about the realities of, of moving and maintaining it and all the, I guess, you know, complex pieces that, um, that, that just bring on all this pain that's unnecessary. So, you know, that's what we're all about. Why is this, you know, largest purchase um, such a painful undertaking. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in this world today of, of you know, hyper convenience and, um, you know, digital, you know, digital everything. So I've got some deep roots in the industry. So I've, I've, I've ran and, um, you know, launched uh, several businesses in and around, kind of centered around the home. And so I got to see, you know, a really good firsthand view of, of the pains of, of home ownership. And from, you know, from the, you know, from the customer side, from the, you know, from the logistical service provider side, huge lack of trust, highly, highly fragmented, um, and just people just don't know where to start. And then, and then it, to top it off, it's a lot of work. So we as consumers end up dealing with all that all that crap. Um, and, you know, we, we launched the virtual on the belief that that should, they shouldn't have to deal with that. This is it's a big, one of the biggest purchases. It should continue to be exciting. Um, it should be easy. Uh, and so we're redesigning the entire experience and redesigning it around people um, and people's needs and, and connecting and streamlining that experience. So that's what we're all about. 
Well, well said for anyone who's, I think we all have the shutters and the cold sweats when we think about, yeah, we're moving so exciting. And then boom, the cliff, the, cliff, <laughs> like the, the, the chasm yeah. of despair that happens afterwards. So from the outside, to me, you guys are a real perfect example of not only like a blended human technology approach, but you know, just to oversimplify, you're digitizing this process as well, but you're still using people. Like it is a blended approach, but this is the digitization of what was arguably very analog of like having to get on the phone and wait on hold and all those pains of changing your services to talking to your insurance company and all those things. You guys digitized that, but you still kept people in the mix. Is that correct? Am I seeing that? Am I saying that properly? Yeah, that's exactly correct. So we, we identify as a customer experience company um, before a tech company, I guess we could say. So the human is, is driving the experience. So it's a, you know, a concierge, dedicated concierge. that's guiding people through this, you know, complex experience. And, you know, the technology does the majority of the heavy lifting and, and connects the, um, you know, connects all the industry players. And, and ultimately we're trying to, you know, create that connected seamless experience, but it's that, it's that human that's, that's the secret sauce for us. Uh, I appreciate that. It's so it's so easy when you start talking about technology. That conversation around like, oh, where does this leave people, and is this taking jobs, and is, you know, it, this digitization sometimes gets a bad rap. Where really it should augment the human experience and and almost like be invisible behind. Like good technology is invisible, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I mean, customer service is, is, is not going to be replaced. You know, great customer service can't be replaced by, by machines just yet. And, you know, maybe, maybe never, who knows? I don't know. And we're, we're on a journey. How long have you guys, how long, how long have you guys been around? Uh, we launched in late 2016. Okay. So curious, Calgary, tech startup scene. I, I, I love that you said we identify ourselves as an experienced company, but you're playing in a technology space. What's your perspective on just how Calgary and maybe how welcoming or open people were to your ideas four years ago? Has it changed? Like what's been your journey or kind of your observation of being part of this tech ecosystem just to over, just to put an overarching thing that to me, that's a completely different world than it was, you know, four or five years ago. Yeah, absolutely. It was, I mean, very, very welcoming because I think it's, you know, I think the benefit of it being a growing um, ecosystem and a lot of energy is getting put into, I mean, we all know the situation in, in Calgary. I think, you know, everybody understands where we have to go. And so it, it, it's definitely happening, which which is great. So when I, you know, came on the scene, I came on the scene from a, a traditional kind of business, you know, experience and background. So I was very, you know, it was very nice. And it, there was a very like warm welcome from the tech community and the ecosystem. And ever since, I mean, I've obviously got more and more involved in it, but ever since it's, 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 it's growing, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's vibrant. Um, and it's a good place to be from, from that aspect, just because everybody's, there's lots of energy um, and, and there's lots of, you know, motivation to, to make this thing work and, and do something good for the, for the city that's going to diversify it uh, to some degree in, in, in the future. So it's, it's an exciting place to be. No, there is, there is an all in like bought in because we have no choice. And I think there's, you know, most people in Calgary, even the root of this podcast, it's about, this is a positive sentiment, but it's also about talking about realities. We can't sit back and just be yeah. like, yeah, we love it here. Great. It's, you know, I think there's a whole generation now is building our new version of what the new version of Calgary is on the fact that it's a great, you know, quality of life, awesome people. We've got so many check boxes, but you're right. Our world got pulled out from under us about five, six years ago and it, and it didn't just come back. We couldn't just hold our breath and the, and the old trusted energy sector would just start churning again. So uh, in a way, I'm thankful because it forced us to change, but it could be, anyways, I will be careful saying that. People that have lost their jobs and their careers, maybe even this week, yeah. that I want to throw stuff yeah. out my window for saying that. Um, so the ecosystem itself, just like the groups, the 
the support system, like when you guys started four years ago, did you find that there was the, the infrastructure in place to kind of provide you the networking or were you guys, was it like five guys in a room or five guys and gals showing up to talk about tech where now that feels like there's a meetup group and there, you know, startup or platform. There feels like there's so many things going on now, or maybe I'm just also more aware of them than I was a couple of years ago. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's, that's what happened to me too. Like I became a lot more awareness. So there was a lot more out there than I had known um, when we got into it. Uh, and I think maybe the only, you know, the only, maybe not complaint, but the, the downside is that it's, it's, it is a bit fragmented. And so it's, you, you, you have to, you have to seek it out. And so there's a lot of energy and time and resources going into building up this, you know, city as a potential hub or, or whatever we want to call it. But um, it, it is a bit fragmented still. So I think that's something where we have to kind of collaborate and make sure that we all work together because the, the resources I would safely say are all out there. Um, but it's about bringing them all together and, and, you know, taking people through a path that is very clear and, and they understand kind of where, where to go and when to go. Mm, I appreciate that. So in, on that vein, what's it like? Cause I would imagine is part of your, again, not asking for the secret sauce, but I'm assuming there's a degree of proprietary technology in your, in your background. Like there's a something, there's an engine that your, that your company runs on your ability to provide this. Did you guys, how was getting access to talent? Was that a challenge for you? Cause you know, you hear the two stories, we've got X amount of people out of work, but then we have this, this 3000 or 2,500 is a different number gets thrown around gap in tech jobs and the, and the, the strategy, especially with more senior people or people that have that 10 or 15 years experience in tech development and product development. Was that an experience for you guys or a challenge or what was that journey like? Yeah, you know, it's always a challenge when you talk about specialized um, talent in, in that world. So, you know, right now we're, we're hiring some, you know, specialized product people and um, you know, the, the pool, it's, it's Calgary. So the, the pool is just not, not there. So, you know, you have to look elsewhere in other markets and you have to be a bit more open to remote stuff that we all, um, I mean, we don't have a choice anymore. I've never been a big fan of it, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm coming around, you know, COVID, <laughs> COVID, all, helped, yes. COVID helped me on that one. Um, so that's, I mean, that's kind of the, you know, the, the downside is, is that, you know, it is Calgary, but on the flip side, it's, it's Calgary. Right. And like I said, we're, you know, our, 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 experience is human driven and and the you know the the key you know the the key drivers of that concierge team are are you know are customer customer oriented people that you know and and it's calgary so there is a there's a big you know there's a talent pool of amazing people out there so we've been able to leverage that we've got a you know absolute rock star team uh, of concierge that you know are driving really driving the experience the end experience to the to the consumers and so you know i can't I can't complain, um, okay. but obviously those those specialized, you know, tech product people, uh, there there aren't enough of them in Calgary. But it, it's growing; it's definitely growing, and there are resources to to find them, and and the community helps you, uh, you know, you know, flesh them out. So that's that's good. Well, the big small town aspect of Calgary, I think, is very beneficial because somebody always knows somebody, and they're always quick to introduce. Like I do love that about this city that maybe is just more connected because it is a big small town. Like you know, we're we're a big city, but not really compared to like working in Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver. There is that more. I think one of our superpowers is that willingness for people to help and say, "Oh, let me introduce you to so and so." Like I, I think I'm not sure if they're looking, but I'll do that. I, I know I talked to a lot of people, and that definitely is one of our advantages here. Uh, but hey, curious about the remote work because it's hard not to talk about it. We've all been affected by it by one way or another. Has that shifted how you guys work? Like I said, you said your mindset, but some of these concierges, are they all located here or does it really, are they dispersed? Does, did your ta- access to talent pool open because of remote work for you guys? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, it did. Our, our concierge team is all in, in Calgary. And so, um, 
you know, and, and that's just, they can absolutely, well, obviously work remote because that's what we're doing right now. So there's, you know, has it opened up my, you know, I guess mindset to, to start looking elsewhere. And I think, you know, for us, Calgary, we want to support Calgary first and, and Alberta first. And, you know, like I said, the, the talents out there from, from that standpoint. So we'll always look locally. We love, you know, we love being in the office. We love collaborating. We love, you know, driving the culture and, uh, and it's a big part of it being together. So, you know, we start there, but you know, with that said, you know, to your point, it, it, we are in a remote world today and, and that that's going to change things and, and how we look at that as, as, as we grow and scale and, and get into new markets. So it, we can definitely operate anywhere, which is a nice, you know, it's, it's nice to know that. Have you put things in place? And, you know, these are questions that I'm asking myself all the time, but you know, how do you keep that culture going? How do you make sure that your team does stay connected? Cause you're right. Those impromptu connections and those moments of sparks that are like, ah, that's why I love working here. Cause that thing happened. Anything that you can share or things that you've done to help kind of keep, cause obviously someone who really values culture and keeping people closely knit. So you have that, you know, it's palatable. Is there any strategies or things you've put in place over the last year to really help maintain that with this remote work reality? Yeah, for sure. Like we've tried to, we've tried to replicate a lot of this stuff we do. We had, um, on, on Friday, we had a virtual Robbie Burns night. Um, so we've got, uh, one of our concierges from Scotland and, and so she put on this like great virtual event. We, you know, we had scotch or, or as scotch delivered and we had tastings and, um, she went through and gave us the spiel on the history of, of Robbie Burns, which was all great. And so those kind of things, like, you, you know, there's a, there's a way to do it remotely. Um, but we try to, we do all that fun stuff in person. So we try to replicate as best as we can. And then from a work standpoint, I mean, we're all, we're all getting on our morning huddle. Um, we're all talking about our good news and celebrating wins and, you know, doing all that, you know, doing all that kind of stuff that the, the EOS and the Rockefeller stuff that, that we always do. And that just keeps people, you know, keeps people aligned, keeps people engaged and it, it definitely, definitely helps. And so when we're, you know, when we're back and, in, in the office, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty seamless. Yeah, I appreciate that. Being, being, being deliberate about it and not letting it happen by accident around the water cooler, but just setting it up. And, you know, basically you got to book it in because, you know, you don't accidentally stumble onto a Zoom call unless you're invited to one. Very different than what exactly. happen around, around the water cooler. Yeah, so, we're, we're all drinking anyway, so we may as well jump on a call and do it together. Yes, I think there's lots of statistics around the, the trends around booze consumption and, you know, substance exactly. consumption for the last year. Good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> uh, we, hey, you do, you do you, as they say. Um, yeah. Curious from uh, funding and from, like, how you guys and again, only as much as you want to get into self-funded. Did you go to the market? What what has it been like, or what's been the reception for you guys going out there? If you did look for funding, like was it open? Were people going? Yeah, this is something we're not used to, but we're curious about getting involved. Like, was that a cycle or a challenge for you guys in the over the last four years, five years? Um, you know, we've 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 done two two rounds, and we just closed around in in October. And um, you know, it would probably be almost virtually all Alberta, Alberta based groups, which, um, I, I think it's rare, but, uh, so anyways, I think that it's, you know, it's one of those things, you know, pros and cons to Calgary. Like I think the pro is there's, um, there's lots of, there's lots of motivation. There's lots of appetite to kind of shift some capital. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of capital here to deploy. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, it's been in, in historically, it's been in more kind of traditional, um, industries. And so I think that the, the exciting, 
uh, part of all this is that people are people are motivated and um, and you know on the flip side it, it's Calgary so it's you know I think the the biggest thing is that gap of understanding the difference between tech investing and whether it's real estate or or, or energy or, or whatever it is and in, in more traditional standpoint so uh, you know principles are different everything's different in different instruments different you know methods of evaluating and um you know ultimately everything's different so that's i guess probably the gap but i do i, I see it coming around and so the you know our last round there were a couple of big groups that are typically more traditional that, that came in and they're that are getting more heavily involved in in the tech side of things so that's that's awesome to see because it's it has to happen um and it's great for tech companies and you know if there's no if there's no capital then you know d the the community is is you know definitely gonna hurt yeah. um capital is pretty important for for tech startups so again like very optimistic um you know the, it, it is happening there's positive things happening and and i'm optimistic how much of your role kind of in those conversations, I'm sitting in front of a room, I'm standing, I'm you, I'm standing in front of a room of investors that are much more comfortable with, I've invested in energy over the years and this is how it worked. I've invested in real estate, construction projects, those things. Was there a significant, like were they, had they already educated themselves or been educated by the people that brought them in the room or was a portion of your, there's like, they're selling them on what you're doing but like you said, there's different ways of looking at it. There's different ways of, of creating valuations. Was part of your job, and just thinking about other startups that are listening, how much did you have to educate them on like, hey, here's how to look at this business by the way we're doing it? Was that a factor for you guys? Yeah, I'd say a little bit in our first round. In 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 this in this previous round, every everyone had done at least you know one or two tech investments in the past, so it wasn't completely foreign. So the education piece was, was minimal, and I think it's you know a matter of you know, people are investing in in the the team <laughs> realistically, and I think any investor, I, I would say, knows that. So once you, once you wrap your head around, you know what what the what's what the instrument looks like and and what the deal looks like, um, I, I think it ultimately comes down to you know you're investing in the people and and if it if it makes sense. And there's you know I think it's good to also have a a lead investor that is you know well known and you know understands understands it because that that initial you know initial term sheet and that initial lead investor um, gives everybody else peace of mind. So I think as you're as you're you know coming in with with a bit more traditional mindset or experience, uh, you have that peace of mind that you know it is you know it's a it's a good deal or whatever it is. You know, and I've I've heard that said in Calgary that the list of people willing to be second is significantly longer than the people that are willing to be first when it comes oh, to the table. I guess that would <laughs> with anything, but it's good to hear that we're we're kind of, we're kind of transitioning. And just curious from your perspective, again thinking about other tech tech people already startup people, not even tech listening. Were these relationships you had? Did you get partners to that kind of lead the investment round? How did you guys get those? How did you get those people in the room? That was yeah, just through through personal connections, and so it's it's a you know I learned obviously you know coming into this world that it's it's a it's a game. There's a there's a specific group of you know usual suspects that you that you want to start talking to, and then, and that's that's you know comes back to this community. It's a it's a tight knit community. We all want it to thrive and survive, and um, so once you know once you get in, then then the connections start getting made, and um, you know it kind of goes from there. So it it is it's it's work. It's something that it's it's a networking job that never ends and um and it's an important one and it's important for the community and everybody and so yeah it's it's a necessary part of the part of the gig 
which can, I've talked to a lot of startup, you know, founders that like, man, you're doing the thing. And it's like, oh yeah, shit. I didn't know I had to do this whole other thing over here, which is what you're talking <laughs> about. Getting out there and having those conversations well before you're even like, well before the ask, like, you know, don't yeah, ask for exactly. money when you need it. Kind of mindset, ask, like build a relationship well before, which is easy to joke about in a conversation like this, but it's a lot of work when you're also trying to, which is something I want to pivot to now, the good old product market fit. And when you're actually building the thing, <laughs> but what, let yeah, alone going yeah. and building all these relationships and, you know, going all to these events, which obviously over COVID has been really challenging. Like you can't just, you're not bumping into people in the plus 15, like you could like the Calgary way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we, we, we opened up our last round, like March basically. So, um, so the, so having those established very relationships familiar with, this, with this last 10 months of our, of our year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So having, like having those established relationships from before was, was critical. I mean, I, I can't imagine what it'd be like to, to start fundraising and start the relationships in, you know, March of 2020, that probably wouldn't be very fun. No, I think the whole, well, you know, <laughs> yes, I think we can just leave that one sit. I don't think it needs yeah. any further explanation. Yeah, no, no, we don't need to unpack that one. So you guys have been at this since 2016. I'm assuming, and I'm boldly going to assume that you probably didn't have the perfect formula right out of the gate. Maybe you did, or the foundation. What's it been like just evolving and you know, the infamous product market fit buzzword of like constantly finding out what's going to read, like what you believe versus what the customer is willing to engage with or even understand. What's that journey been for you? Like, like twists and turns, highs and lows, lots of learnings? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no shortage of highs and lows in the in the startup world. Um, when we when we launched in '16, we were we were B to C, so we were. Um, I think you you and I have had this this conversation about that transition, and so you know we came out of the gate with something that we knew worked from a, so our you know background. Uh, global relocation, relocating, you know, executives all over the world, a very similar model that we were trying to apply to everyday consumers. And so we were, um, you know, we came out very um, optimistic, obviously, and we thought, you know, marketing dollars will solve everything. And so we came out with something that we knew worked. And so I think that was, you know, a benefit, um, obviously a benefit for us from an operational and service delivery standpoint. We knew we had something that made sense and people liked, um, but we just had trouble getting to them and it was extremely costly we were you know blowing money and you know the the whole classic story of just burning burning marketing dollars out the window and so that was an extremely extremely stressful <laughs> point because you know you think right out of the gate you think it's all over um and so that's where kind of the pivoting started happening we started looking at how you know how can we we have something that people like how do we get it to them so that was where you know we started exploring you know working through you know channels of, of realtors and mortgage brokers and um coincidentally we had some press and um you know fortunately the now CEO of Brookfield Residential saw an article and and reached out to us and so this was you know at a time when we're getting two or three leads on our website so we thought it was a joke obviously and so we thought someone in the office was messing with us and but anyway so that's um that kind of kick-started um you, you know our, our direction with respect to a more of a, a b2b2c model um did a deal with them and then did a deal with another really large home builder and so that you know that really you know shifted the game for us so nothing much changed with respect to the experience it was it was really how we got to people so you know, it just, it, it, it was a good lesson and all these minor tweaks. And that's when, you know, that's when things took off for us and, and we started growing really fast. Um, and then, you know, since then, uh, working with various different players around um, the whole home ownership world and ecosystem and journey. And so, you know, lenders, you know, starting to be talking to some big banks. And so the, you know, connecting all that, that entire experience is, is big for us. So that ecosystem play is, is where we're, where we're focused right now. And it's, 
um, I guess there's a you know similarity with with the tech ecosystem is is kind of you know we, we have to work together for the greater good uh, and because you know we can't solve this problem alone um, and that's why we have to you know bring in these partners and you know I think it's you know it's a good um, parallel to the tech ecosystem and and Calgary <laughs> as we know it I think it's you know we we have to join forces and and go at this together. A sense of abundance versus scarcity and collaborating. And I'm assuming for you guys, uh, customer opportunities are global, North American. Like obviously, you're, you're, I, I hear some strong Alberta roots, but I was checking out your website and saw your map that you've got some. I think there's a there's a V a V slash check mark down in the U.S. So how's it been for you guys, like acquiring customers? Sounded like it started in Alberta, but has it quickly escalated beyond that? Yeah, it has. So we, um, you know, six, six markets, mainly, you know, Western Canada, and then we're, we're down in Southern California. So our, our clients effectively, you know, pulled us into these markets. And so now it's, now we'll be investing in those markets and, um, you know, expanding into the, the obvious, like the Toronto's and, and et cetera. So that's been our model to date. And now it's, you know, now we're, you know, we're obviously, you know, raised some funding and, and to, to ultimately, you know, drive some energy into those markets that we're, we're already in. Um, and so, so yeah, so it hasn't been, it hasn't been hard, but <laughs> just because we've oh, been I, pulled in with existing customers, but which is one of the best ways, like kudos to you guys. That's awesome. That's a way yeah. lower cost to higher value because you're immediately like, you're not just out there banging on doors. You're, you're actually like contributing and participating in the market. Exactly. Exactly. So it's been good. Any, any restrictions, I don't know, limitations. I'm always asking these questions sometimes, like anything about being Alberta-based, has that even come up? Does nobody even know? Like sometimes, you know, I've talked to uh, some people from Startup Calgary and, you know, a few years ago, there was a little bit, what's a Calgary? When you got, you know, far, far, far afoot from, from our home base. Has that been an advantage of being Canadian? But I guess if you're working with companies that are pulling you into the U.S., any pros and cons of being Alberta-based or is that kind of a non-issue for you guys? Um, I mean, yeah, pros. I mean, you, I guess you. I, I, don't, I mean, I say you fly under the radar a little bit, um, which which I like. Uh, you know, when the time's right, obviously, you know, you go and and, and tell the world. Um, you know, as far as. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. There's not a, there's not a whole lot of benefits from a from a sales perspective, or and I don't think it I don't think it hinders us either. I mean, I, I was worried because I have some you know some friends that that have done business down in the U.S. and 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 it was it was challenging for them just because they were Canadian. And I think technology is I think it's just a different a different you know perspective on on just the globalness of how we can operate and you know and ultimately we have a solution that they're not going to find locally anyways so you know if they like what we're doing um you know it's it's you know it's technology so it's we can deliver in in wherever um so i think that's a big big plus inside i haven't seen it to be a huge advantage but it's 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 not a it's not a disadvantage either either so far that's almost more important that it's not a disadvantage yeah that was my biggest concern would be like, is this going to hinder us? Is Are people going to look at us and say, you guys are, you know, where, where are you from? <laughs> yes. Cause you can't go there in your Where's mind. That? Sometimes it's how you go there with your wallet. <laughs> I, I've talked, I've had a lot of companies on that, you know, when we started, well, do you have any, you know, their client bases in Europe or in Southeast Asia and they're, but they're based in Calgary. And I'm, I'm encountering more and more companies that are located here because oftentimes the leadership or ownership group is like, no, I want to be here, but my customers are all over the world and it, and it doesn't matter. Nobody really cares. Once you get past that first, oh, you're from where? Oh, Stampede, Rockies. Okay, we're good. And then it's about, it's about the value you can add. So I'm always curious because I think some of our biggest opportunities as a province is not necessarily selling to ourselves, is establishing here really creating that base, but then providing services globally, which I'm, I'm excited about that. The, the world of no borders because of digital is pretty appealing to me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. And it's great, great for us as a city and a province and not losing talent and not losing, you know, everything else down south. So it's, um, it's good and it's exciting and hopefully it continues. Yeah, well, but you guys are on a great path, and that was a good. I, I think it was on LinkedIn. I'd seen an article about you guys, even what, what, what triggered me to reach out and kind of have you on the show. Competitively, what's it been like? Because you know there is a big rush into solve all problems with technology. Are you guys? Have you guys run into like? I'm assuming there's competitors, but I'm assuming you're also doing your version of it. What's that been like competitively? As it feels like technology rushes in to fill every gap in almost every sector right now. Yeah, you know, there's like anything. We have competition. I think our, our competition is probably more traditional, especially locally. So, um, you know, we might be competing against the company doing it themselves, or or a realtor or something like that. Like if we, we you know, everyone's got competition. Um, you know, we definitely have some competitors in the states and maybe a couple out east. And so we haven't necessarily, from a local standpoint, haven't you know run up against them and and been truly competing against them. Um, obviously, it will happen. And and we have our we have our different spin on things. Um, and we have our you know few things that we we consider our secret sauce that that are our advantages. And so. You know, so far, and I mean, we, we're still we're still small enough that we haven't, you know, we haven't experienced, you know, that true big competition. But um, with that said, like we're we're quite confident in in, in our model and our advantages um, and and that secret sauce. So you know, we'll, we'll see. Time, time will tell. It will happen. Yes, if if you're if 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 you're doing anything right, it's going to happen. Like it's almost like exactly. You know, unfortunately, it's a negative side effect of of being in the right place. So for typically now, when you guys are like you know customer acquisition, you're going out getting these big partners. This is probably and again, I'm putting my own words on it. This is probably more about you showing them and convincing them and having them believe in the value. This isn't like a competitive pitch where they've got three or four of you lined up and they're looking who they're going to pick. So probably a lot of your role is educating some of these big builders or these companies of like why this would be either a value to their customers or a competitive advantage versus them asking you to submit an RFP against three other companies. Is that because it doesn't sound like your industry's there yet. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's, it's, and it's, it's, you know, it's great in the sense there's no competition. It's also a, a challenge in the sense that it's something, it's something new. Um, and so I think that, you know, what we're, what we're all about and, um, you know, solving the, the pains of our shared consumers and trying to solve that big picture. Um, you know, I can safely say that every large company that we've spoken to understands this pain and understands it needs to be solved. Um, and so, you know, and, and also understands that it's going to take, you know, more than this narrow focus of one specific vertical or industry to solve it. And so I think that's where, you know, that's where we come in. That's where our platform comes in. That's when, where our experience comes in because we're connecting the dots across that entire journey and not just one specific area, whether it be financing or real estate or moving or whatever that may be. So, um, Back to it's the, great. The it's great because people get it. Yeah. They, like everybody gets it and, and it's nice. I've been in one of our clients is also a home builder that I think we share as a client. And I've been in a room where they had the customer whole experience mapped out. It literally went around the room. <laughs> like it's yeah. the, the level of complexity. And so if, when builders and, and, and large developers come to you, are they looking for this as a competitive advantage or are they looking at this almost as like, well, our, 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 our mission is to provide a better customer experience. So boom, this is a piece we need. Like, I'm just, just curious to that decision matrix of how they're looking at it. Cause it feels like you're like, eventually you'll become a necessity. Cause once one has it, which I'm assuming is ideal for you guys. If I'm a home buyer and I have it once, I'm going to want that experience, like go forward. Cause I don't, you know, I don't know what the science is around. It used to be Calgary. Everybody flipped their house every 18 months, but I think that's chilled out a little bit in Calgary. <laughs> Yeah, I know exactly. So it's it's a combination of the the differentiation and and the customer experience. So we align ourselves with um, with partners who tr 
truly value the experience because that's ultimately what we're delivering and that experience is going to drive word of mouth referrals and you know we can even track that for them and so the differentiation piece is 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 strong in the early days i mean it's the first to market advantage etc i think in you know in in alberta um we've got a pretty good handle on the majority of the market so i think that you know so, you know our partners have lost that differentiation which which sucks but ultimately you know we're in this to solve a bigger problem it's 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 not about that for us anyway and and i, I do believe that the partners we're working with today uh, they understand that they understand that this experience is you know consumers deserve this uh and it's not just about competing and whatever and so i i, I do believe they see the bigger picture and 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 enhancing this experience and and it will win in the end um you know delivering these great experiences is is you know, inherently going to win in, in my mind. Anyway, well, ultimately, it raises the whole bar for the industry. Eventually, like I appreciate first mover and getting in and providing a differential, but eventually, it starts to level out, and then the whole game gets a little bit better. Which ultimately, if you like you said, if it all comes back to the consumer, then ultimately that makes everything a better experience for everybody, and it just becomes um, like you have to be this high to ride the ride, not necessarily a unique value proposition. Which I get as a business, you always want that, but eventually, it just comes becomes the way it should be done. <laughs> which ultimately yeah, is what yeah. I'm sure what you guys wanted. You want to raise the whole floor for everybody. Yeah. Not even just selfishly. Like that's, that's kind of why we started this whole business <laughs> was to solve these pains that just aren't, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And so, you know, we have to, you know, I think as a, as an industry, we have to get together and solve it. And so that's what we're, we're trying to do. That's, are you seeing a little more? Because let's be honest, the home builder and that's a it's a it's a competitive world. But is there is there a universal? Yeah, let's make it better for everybody because that world is known for being pretty. You know, you know they all share the show home parade. But at the end of the day, they want to sell their home to you. Is there? And I've talked about this in the oil and gas sector, technology sector, where the tech sector. I think there's a lot of collaboration and sharing going on. The energy sector is getting better. Like they're willing to share ideas with each other across the street around safety, environment. Where five, ten years ago they weren't in what you're seeing, is there a little bit more of a collaboration around, hey, we need to raise the bar for this whole experience? It's maybe a bit like, so let's stop doing it, quote unquote, the old way, whatever that means. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely, I think so. Um, you know, I think it's it's that that friendly competition, and I do think everybody is sincerely wanting to to raise the bar on the on that end experience. Um, you know, whether they're going to collaborate together or not, I, I don't know. Yeah, that. No, I, haven't, I haven't seen any like direct collaboration, but I mean, I think you know from what from what I've seen, they're all friends, and and I think the the you know the ultimate goal of this is to deliver these better experiences, and um, you know, hopefully that's where we fit in nicely. I can't imagine there's any of them that don't have somewhere on their strap plan to elevate the customer experience. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, yeah. I'm not saying they're sitting around in drum circles, you know, roasting marshmallows together. Let's not get carried away. Like, I, that, did, that maybe sounded a bit fluffy. Yeah, well, you, you never know. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, no, they, they, it's, 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 it's a tiny world. It's all surprising who sits around in a room and talks about stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So for you guys, what's, what's, what's the road ahead? You sound like you've had like lots of trials and tribulations, but you're having success. You're growing your team, you know, super positive win. And this is a great story for Calgary and a great story for you guys. What's the next couple of years look like for you? Yeah, you know, it's that that kind of back to that kind of ecosystem thing that I was talking about. It's really about, you know, connecting the entire experience from 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 end to end. And that's what I think what's what consumers are expecting these days is is that, you know, the guidance and the the simplicity of of you know going through this experience without, you know, multiple pains and um, you know, it, it's just really a mess. And so our bigger vision obviously is to connect this entire experience. So for us, 
Um, and, and, you know, for me specifically right now, it's really about trying to align ourselves with the, the right players um, in the industry. So complementary players that can potentially uh, play together, right? So if it's um, whether it be, you know, utility companies and home builders and community developers and banks and mortgage lenders. And so if we can all work together and then I think, you know, obviously my my focus will be on the the big Alberta-based ones, which we're, we're, we are in talks with a few of them. And um, so that's kind of where 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 the energy is going to go um, and ultimately to solve the big problem and, and execute on the big vision. Uh, I think that's 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 what we have to do. And as a customer, just to get it right down to the brass, like it's right from the transaction through to all of the logistics, right through into like maintaining the home. Like, does it does this have a life cycle that extends well beyond that? Like, okay, I bought and I move in, and then it's done. Does it pull out beyond that and get into the actual realities of of running and owning and maintaining a home? Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's that entire journey right until it's time to sell and and buy again. And so that's um, you know that's ultimately what we're we're solving. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Casey, thanks for like thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for being so transparent. I know I asked you a lot of some deep questions, some high level, maybe some philosophical. But kudos to what you guys are. You know, I talked to a lot of. It's easy to think of a text. You know, are you guys consider? Do you guys consider yourself still a startup? Or like, wh- wh- how long do you go, or where do you get before you stop calling yourself a startup? That's you know what? We, <laughs> we do, but I, don't, I actually don't know. I don't. I don't think there's a. I don't think there's a hard rule as to to when you graduate. But no, we it still call like ourselves a, a startup. Mindset. It's more of a mindset, right? Than yeah. Anything else. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys have got some success. So kudos to you for being like, uh, I think, an, a fantastic Alberta success story and for what you guys are trying to do from a higher purpose. And just because we've all had that experience, if you can make that better, like, oh man, yeah, thank you. Please do more of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, well, thank you. Keep doing what you're doing and get, getting the word out and getting the, uh, yeah, getting everybody talking. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for your time today. It was a good chatting. Thank you. Looking forward to that beer in person, Tyler. Thank you. Uh, the day soon, man. Soon, I think springs 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 around springs around the corner. Oh, and hey, what what am I doing here? What's where's your website? Virtuo virtuo.com? Virtuo.com. Yeah, V I R T U O. Go, go check it out. Great experience. Great website. And if you're even thinking of moving, go and do your research ahead of time because it's going to make your life a heck of a lot better. Thanks, Casey. Tell your tell your builder, tell your lender, tell your whoever you know whoever's in the mix. Um, you know they should be giving you this. You shouldn't have to pay for it. You shouldn't have to deal with oh, it. Oh, that's, nice. That's, like that the message. That's, that's the message. That's the message. That's the plug. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Casey. Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate it. <laughs>